This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. What a touchdown at the end. He is hot. He said, what are you doing? And he's going at Dennis Allen. This is BetQL <laughs> Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth here with you. And if we are leading things off uh, with some Arthur Smith slander of sorts, then you know what that means. Our next guest is none other than Ian McMillan, senior editor at BetSided, and of course, a noted Falcons apologist. Ian, thank you so much for joining us. We greatly appreciate it. Let's marry the two things here with your fanaticism for the Falcons and the breaking news happening this morning that Bill Belichick is moving on from the New England Patriots. Do you want Bill Belichick to be your next head coach? Do you think that will happen? And would you be willing to bet on that possibility? Yeah, first of all, you guys just absolutely kill me with these intros every time I come on. Just, uh, I'd love for an intro to be like, uh, you know, Bijan Robinson scores a 71 yard touchdown. But no, I, <laughs> the intro I get is the Saints Wait, scoring on the score last one, play of the season. Um, I don't know how I feel about Bill Belichick if he comes to Atlanta, and I don't know if I'm going to bet on it. To be honest, and the reason why I don't know how I feel about it, because I don't really want to think about it, because I would have so many complicated feelings if the Falcons sign Bill Belichick that I would need to go to a therapist to figure it out. Because on one hand, he's probably the greatest coach of all time. On the other hand, his teams haven't been good the past few years. On the other hand, maybe that was because he was a GM too, where with the Falcons, he wouldn't be, be the GM. On the other hand, he was the coach that led the greatest Super Bowl comeback in history against us. On the other hand, oh, he's still wow. a defensive genius. On the other hand, he's haunted me for the past 20 years. So I have no idea <laughs> if I'm going to either like or hate the Falcons signing Bill Belichick. So instead of even going down that road, which, like I said, I probably need to go to therapy to figure out, I'm just going to not think about it unless it happens. And if it happens, then I'll deal with those emotions then. All right. Uh, well, let, let's think about this weekend. It came up yesterday. I don't think you wrote a, uh, a fraud rankings, but you probably could uh, with Wild Card Weekend because I, I, I see a lot of teams playing this weekend that you've said are outright fraud. So I'm wondering your approach to the weekend overall, are you going against some of those teams that you have called frauds like the Steelers and the Cowboys uh, to name a couple throughout the season? Yeah, I kind of stopped the fraud rankings because the teams that I've called frauds for the most part have either proven themselves not to be frauds, like the Cowboys, who early in the season I called frauds. I don't think they're frauds. Uh, and then the other teams are frauds, and everyone knows it. But then once everyone knows you're a fraud, then you're not really by definition a fraud. Like the Eagles. I actually think in some senses people have kind of overcorrected on the Eagles. I actually don't think they're as bad as now everyone thinks they are. Uh, and then the Jaguars, who are now not relevant anymore anyways because they're out of the playoffs. So... 
Uh, no, I, I didn't have a fraud rankings this week, and I'm not. I mean, I'm going to bet against the Steelers. But once again, are you a fraud if everyone knows that you're the worst team in the playoffs? Probably not. Like the Falcons, uh, right? That was your argument, right? Keeping like Atlanta the Falcons. Out. Yes, the Falcons. The Falcons weren't frauds because nobody actually thought they were good. So you can't be a fraud <laughs> if everyone knows that you're not a good team. There is one team though that everyone in the playoffs or a lot of people are saying frauds. Are frauds that I will actually be betting on, so uh, I might be going against the narrative for for one of those games this weekend. Well, which one is it? Do tell. Uh-huh. It's the Dolphins. Uh, a lot of people uh-huh. I, I've seen think the Dolphins are frauds because they don't have a great record against winning teams. Um, the only I think uh, playoff team or team, yeah, playoff team that they beat this year was the Cowboys. Uh, but I reject that notion because to me, what a fraud is, is a team with a really good record that doesn't have metrics to back up. Uh, if you look at a lot of their stats, they don't rank high. The Dolphins aren't that. And actually, in a lot of those games against uh, playoff teams that they lost, it's not like they were blown out. Now, they are blown out against the Ravens, but the Chiefs, they lost to by a touchdown. They actually outgained them in that game five uh, yards per play to 4.8 yards per play. The Bills, they just lost by a touchdown, basically a special teams touchdown. Like, they're not losing by a lot. Uh, in, uh, against these playoff teams where, where they're coming on the wrong side of things. So I'm backing them in this spot. I got a bad number on the Dolphins early in the week. I got three and a half. I should have waited this up to four and a half, I believe, at most places. What I think the Dolphins can do and why I think not only do they cover the spread, I actually wouldn't be shocked if they win this game, is the Dolphins can run the ball. Everyone talks about how good the Dolphins' pass attack is, and for good reason. Not enough people talk about how the Dolphins lead the NFL in yards per carry at 5.1. Fifth in rush EPA, fifth in rush success rate. And what are what is the uh, Chiefs' defense? Their one weak point is their run defense. Chiefs 24th in opponent yards per carry, 28th in opponent rush EPA, 17th in opponent rush success rate. The bad teams that beat the Chiefs this, this season, uh, like the Broncos, like the Raiders, are teams that have been able to run the ball against them. So I think if the Dolphins stick to the run game now, they kind of had that issue in Germany where, where they got off to – uh, a bad start and then they had to play from behind and they had to kind of abandon the run game a little bit uh, but even that game I'm pretty sure they averaged over five yards per carry against them if they can just kind of control the game run the football uh, I think it's gonna be a close one against the Chiefs um, I'm trying not to overthink the injuries and the weather which I know are two of the biggest reasons why people are betting against the Dolphins uh, I'm gonna you know take a look at this and I think styles make fights and I think the Dolphins do kind of have a stylistic advantage uh, in this one. So I'll, I'll take the points of the Dolphins. Wouldn't be shocked if they win over. It is interesting when looking at that contest, uh, the line, as you mentioned, is moving in Kansas City's direction. Currently, it's at minus four and a half. BetMGM was at five at one point, but now back to four and a half. So certainly there's a lot of belief that the Chiefs will kind of right the ship, so to speak. But when it comes to two playoff games in particular, that one and then the uh, Steelers-Bills game, we are expecting inclement weather in both. And I'm curious what your process is when it comes to snow and perhaps some gusty wind, how that could impact both games. Yeah, it's going to impact things. I mean, teams might uh, run the ball a little bit more than they would usually, but uh, I kind of reject the notion of placing, of kind of it contributing into what side you're going to bet on because it's already baked into the line. Sportsbooks know what the weather is. Um, it's not like you're just going to bet one side solely because, you know, you're going to pull one over on the sportsbooks because they don't know that it's going to be cold and windy. Uh, so really the only thing I, I would do, and this is actually why, even though the weather is going to be bad, uh, uh, cold in the Dolphins game, uh, teams might run the ball a little bit more in bad weather. Outside of that, I, I don't really take it into consideration. I, that might be a hot take. might be a bad take. But in my opinion, most of the time, weather's baked in the line, so why overthink it? 
it's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is your favorite cider total of the weekend uh, outside of Miami? Uh, Yeah, Miami would be my number one. Uh, The other team that I'm looking at is a team that I'm betting on just to win outright as an underdog, and that's the Rams. I think that's kind of a popular Mm -hmm. underdog pick this weekend. Uh, so it's not exactly a hot take, but I think this is a stylistic nightmare for the Lions. They have the worst defense amongst all the playoff teams. Uh, their secondary specifically has been horrific this season. 30th in opponent yards per pass attempt, 25th in opponent dropback EPA. Now they take on, uh, arguably the hottest team in the NFL, the Rams. 7-1 and in their last eight games. The only game they lost was to the Ravens in overtime. Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking here, but I think, uh, as great of a time this is for the Lions to finally win the NFC uh, North, to finally host a playoff game for the first time, I think, since 93, uh, this is a nightmare matchup for them. Their old quarterback coming to town who's been quarterbacking the hottest team in the NFL. Stylistic advantage goes to the Rams when you look at their pass attack against the Lions secondary. Uh, and just how Lions would it be? As a guy who who, who cheers for uh, teams that just lose in the most heartbreaking fashion possible, I know that the Lions are going to lose this game because it's their old quarterback coming to town. They finally host a playoff game, and now their old quarterback that they uh, traded away is going to come back and beat them. That's just, It's going to happen to the Lions. I, I uh, empathize with Lions fans because I you know, relate to them in a lot of ways. There's no way they win this game. Matt Stafford's going to beat the Lions in Detroit. It's going to break <laughs> the hearts of Lions fans everywhere. Well, then I guess you could use that same type of narrative for the Cowboys who are on your fraudulent list. But you said they're not frauds anymore. I would love to see the Cowboys lose and Mike McCarthy fired. Where It seems like you've come far on the Cowboys if you said they're not frauds anymore. So what are you expecting this when this line now it's seven and a half? Yeah, I think the line said exactly right. Seven and a half is where I would set the line for this game as well. Yeah, I, I was I was anti-Cowboys in the first like four or five weeks of the season. I thought they played a lot better as the season went on. Uh, their defense does kind of give me some concerns because they rank high in things like EPA, but low in like success rate, like 22nd success rate, which tells me on a play-to-play basis, they're kind of like a below average team, but then they make these big plays, these defensive touchdowns, these sacks, these... Uh, takeaways that kind of make up for kind of the play-to-play defense, if that makes any sense. So what I'm going to do in this game, especially because I think the spread is set 
at the right total is take the over, uh, especially because the Packers, their offense and defense has, have trended in opposite direction. Their offense actually finished uh, fifth in the NFL by the end of the year in the EPA per play. Like their offense became elite in the second half of the season, funny enough. Uh, whereas their defense has trended in the complete opposite direction. Their defense became a bottom five defense uh, in the second half of the season. So uh, it is a high total. I think 50 and a half right now. Um, but I think uh, the over is the right play. I, I, I don't think there's much of an edge on the spread. If I had to go one way, I think I would go. I think I'd take the seven and a half of the Packers, but I certainly wouldn't feel comfortable with it. So I think this is one we can just kind of take the over, sit back and root for some points. He's Ian McMillan, senior editor at BetSided here on BetQL Daily. A little bit of line movement here between uh, the Eagles and Buccaneers. Right now, Philadelphia is a three-point favorite, moving from two and a half with a total of 43 and a half. My question is this, which offense is more broken right now, the Eagles or the Bucks? I would say the Eagles would be the most broken. But this is why, this is why handicapping this game is so hard for me because – I'm a numbers guy, and at the end of the day, the Eagles have the better metrics, the better analytics, but, like, I can't just completely ignore this implosion that's happened in the past, like, five, six weeks for the Eagles. One that I called. The Eagles were number one on my fraud. I called them frauds before anyone else, but then I actually kind of didn't predict they are going to be this big of frauds. <laughs> I even bet on them last week, so they've even surprised me for how bad they've been. And, like, this mm-hmm. big of an implosion, you have to think it plays some factor in the locker room like these guys can't be confident hitting the player playoffs these are things you can't measure that I, I try not to use things I can't measure in my handicapping process but I just can't ignore that with the Eagles but at the end of the day they're the more talented team they are the better team they should beat the Buccaneers uh which makes it a, a very tough game to handicap now the Buccaneers offense look terrible against the Panthers but overall they've been able to throw the ball pretty well this year and that is kind of the weakness of the Eagles secondary is you know they've let everyone throw the ball against them so uh relatively low total another one where i just don't know what's going to happen on either side because like i said metrics kind of back the eagles but kind of those intangibles kind of back the buccaneers i'm going to take the over just because the defense is the weak side of both teams especially the eagles their defense is like a bottom three defense uh they actually ended the year 29th in opponent epa only the seahawks cardinals and commanders had a worse defense in terms of epa by the end of the season so relatively low total I'll, i'll take the over but it's Kind of a game I don't care about the most in the wildcard weekend, but also the one I'm most interested in because I just don't know what to expect from the Eagles. You'll care and you'll bet on Monday when we get there. And it's the only uh, only playoff game of the day. You know, the one I, I, that is a little challenging. Um, what I also find challenging, the first one, uh, Saturday afternoon, mm. Cleveland and Houston. It's like, what, do, what are you going to buy into? Are you buying into this Browns defense being bad on the road? Are you mm. buying into the rookie quarterback, quarterback uh, head coach combo historically have had a lot of issues in the playoffs going against experienced teams. Are you buying that? Like there's a lot of interesting angles and we just saw this game, but Stroud didn't play and the number isn't much different than what it was then. What are you doing with Cleveland Houston? Yeah. Great question. I am going to take Houston and the narrative there, uh, you listed the one that I'm backing and that's, that's how bad Cleveland has been on the road. Um, I just can't ignore these home and away splits. Cause even when they did beat the uh, Texans in Houston, it wasn't because of their defense because their offense had a great game. So like, it's not like I can buy in against uh, this defense when they didn't play great against a backup quarterback for Houston. So uh, I'll, I'll take the points with the Texans. Um, 
yeah, mm-hmm. net yards per play, my favorite stat to look at. It's where I start my handicapping process. It's yards uh, gained per play on offense, subtract yards given up per play on defense. The Browns go from plus 1.1 when playing at home to minus 0.7 on the road. That's the worst road away difference in the NFL in terms of net yards per play. Their defense goes from giving up just 3.7 yards per play at home to 5.5 yards per play on the road. That uh, opponent yards per play on the road stat is bottom 10 in the NFL. So I don't know what happens to their defense when they play on the road, but after a full season uh, of a sample size here, we're not like this isn't week seven or week eight where we can point to a small sample size. We have a full season of a sample size. We know how much worse uh, they are on the road. And also one other stat that will give about the Browns defense, um, and this is just overall, this is home and away. They have the worst red zone defense in the NFL. Teams are scoring on 71.43%, scoring touchdowns on 71.43% of their red zone trips against them. Worst mark in the NFL. So there are some red flags about this Browns team, especially on the road. Uh, CJ Stroud gets to play uh, this uh, this weekend. And I think the, 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 the guys are real deal. I mean, last week, basically, against the Colts was a playoff game. They had to win, uh, and he looked pretty damn good in that game. So uh, I'm willing to back him again in this spot. I'll take the points. I'm not brave enough to uh, take them out right here. I think it's going to be probably a close game. But I just can't ignore those road and away splits. Noted. Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl champion. Terrible father. Welcome back. BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Joe Ostrowski with Aaron Hawksworth and Ed Egros with you talking some NFL playoffs. And Aaron, one thing that uh, we have not heard a lot of, and we mentioned this yesterday, were um, Dolphins backers. And every Dolphins fan that we've had on the show, they're like just – all right, we know it's going to happen. It's not going to be pretty. Just don't make it too ugly. Can you at least like uh, pretend to, to be interested and hang around in this game a little bit? Um, but, you know, just speak with Ian McMillan. He's in on the Dolphins. The number touched five yesterday. I saw it touch five at BetMGM. Now, it's four and a half painted across the board. It's, it feels like every single day this thing's uh, going up by half a point due to all the support that are on, that is on the Chiefs' side. Uh, the total sitting pretty steady here. At 44, you know, we got a little bit of injury information, and that's been the big question with this matchup. Uh, Mostert, he was limited in practice on Wednesday. I thought that was a good sign for him just to be out there a little bit. So by the time we get to the weekend, maybe he can be good to go. Waddle limited. So even though we're talking about a high ankle here, you know, with the Waddle scenario, it certainly seems like both players, very important to that offense, uh, could be out there in the fridge attempts. Which is good because even having both of those guys not 100%, they're still better than a lot of the guys on the Chiefs roster, as we've seen. Both of these teams have struggled in the second half of the season, especially. So that worries me. The weather thing, I'm not going to overreact too much to that. I still don't have an opinion. I know it's four and a half. You mentioned it was at five. There's still some fours out there. I still want to back the chiefs i think it's so hard for me to stop like i keep thinking maybe there'll be something left in the tank for pat mahomes and travis kelsey in the playoffs that maybe i should just stick to my initial uh reaction here and still continue to back the chiefs but going back to pat mahomes and that soundbite was outrageous (laughs) come up on the show today and uh, I think his kids, they, they should hide that soundbite from them. I would be sad and might need some therapy if I was Pat Mahomes' is, kids. 
is he saying because it's cold outside? Like, if you're going to be outside, I'd rather be playing football, like for a championship. I don't, I don't know what he was. No, at. he's like, he think, wants to avoid his I kids. I think he's saying he'd. Yes, I think That's... he's saying anything to uh, have to play with my kids. I'm all for it. Is how I took right it. after Christmas. What is wrong with this jerk? I mean, they probably have like, a million yeah, yeah. nannies anyway. Like, are you really spending all that time with your kids? Probably not. Team is falling yeah. apart. They've been falling apart since it was, you know, the refs that cost go. him the Bills game, and now he hates his kids. So it's just a slippery slope. You hate the refs, now he hates his kids. Now you're gonna lose to the Dolphins. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going that far, but he, he learned I, from I Andy. Agree with... <laughs> Ooh, wow, not touching that. Um, <laughs> Me either. So. Uh, but the Dolphins, I'm with Ian McMillan. I bet them, I bet them too early. I did bet the three, which in retrospect was stupid. That was never coming off a three, I guess. But I bet the three and a half again, and it keeps going up. It keeps moving against me. I'm just going to, at this point, I'm going to wait to see where it goes. Like if it's yeah. here at kickoff, sure. I'll, I'll add another, uh, what portion of, uh, another unit or piece of a unit to this, you know, Position. I'll add another position. That's the word I was looking for. At wherever the, it's going to close above three, I'm pretty comfortable yes. with that. Back in the Dolphins, especially given the injury mm. report with Mostert, we've seen, like you said, Joe, we've seen this time and time again. Also, by the way, Vic Fangio has faced Patrick Mahomes and this offense a whole heck of a lot over the last couple of years as head coach of the Broncos. So yeah. he's got, you know. You give him, I know it's Andy more so, but like you still got Matt Nagy on that other sideline. Banjo's defense, as banged up as they are, I think more than a field goal. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable back in the Dolphins. And this should take Mike McDaniel. What we didn't see in the Bills game is he got away from the run. He shouldn't have as that as much of an option this week because of the conditions. Like, just stick to it, man. If it's working, stick to it. It's amazing. Like, we're talking going against the Chiefs, and you're without Jalen Phillips. Without Bradley Chubb, Van Ginkle, another starter on that defense. And it's like, yeah, that's how bad it's been for Casey offensively this year. Yeah, yeah, it hurts, but that's okay. Um, I, I'll tell you one thing I'm not doing. I'm not back in Kansas City. It's Miami or nothing, sidewise for me. How about you, Ed? Yeah, I, I'm with you as well. The fact that this line is getting to five, uh, or it did at one point, to me, is a complete overreaction. Now, I understand part of the rationale there. Deshaun Elliott, Javon Holland, the safeties, quarterback Xavier Howard haven't practiced so far. And we did see in that Sunday night matchup against Buffalo right. that this Dolphins defense is just running out of warm bodies. And I also understand the notion that when it comes to what Pat Mahomes is going to do in this ball game, with this inclement weather, he can still maintain that passing attack. Like, I don't think this offense is going to change as much with the Chiefs compared with, say, what the Dolphins will try and do, where, yeah, they do have an exceptional outside rushing attack. The problem is this might nullify Tyreek Hill or Tyreek Hill will be used in different ways, like with Jet Sweep, something that we talked about yesterday. So in that aspect, I understand the idea that the Dolphins will have to adjust more than, say, what the Chiefs will have to do. Yet at the same time, it can get outrageous as far as how much the market is overreacting to this kind of news. We knew that this Dolphins defense was banged up already. There's nothing new as far as that's concerned. We do know this right. weather is going to be bad. Nothing's changed as far as that's concerned. So I think the overreaction is ultimately what I will be responding to as far as betting aside. Yeah, it's how high is it going to get? Like, I right. don't 
we're not getting I don't expect it to go back to three and a half in that direction. They're just what's the path before we get to the game for Dolphins momentum? And I just don't know that we're going to be there like out in the bloodstream. It's two in cold weather. It's the Dolphins history in cold weather. It's the Dolphins don't beat good teams. So I don't expect it to go the other way. Like overall yesterday, we knew about the defensive players and, you know, you, you added Howard and that's, you know, maybe half their starters almost. But the question was about the offensive players. And I thought overall it was good news, but the line is still trickling up because of the sharp money that's come in on the Kansas City side. So I don't, maybe it could get that back down to four, but past that, I don't see it. It's just how high are we going to get? One angle that I've been thinking about, and it's going to be popular, is what do we do with Travis Kelsey? Obviously, he's the most reliable receiver for Patrick Mahomes. It is the playoffs. We've seen him not have the best season, uh, but obviously the Dolphins know he's he's Pat (laughs) Mahomes' most reliable target. Are you guys going to look at his props, whether it's under, over, alt, anything like that? For him, no. But in kind of a corollary way, I am looking at Mahomes' pass attempts. And right now I'm seeing the number at 33 and a half. And I think the mere presence of Travis Kelsey, the fact he exists, is one of the many reasons why I'm going over this number. Other reasons can include game script. If this game is closer than what the experts think, then definitely Mahomes is going to be passing. And I think that will be a big deal. Mm -hmm. I think also, too, the nature of this offense being oh so conservative. Guys, the Chiefs' average depth of target is 6.51 yards. That's the second shortest in the league. Like, even if you don't necessarily look at a dot or any of those things carefully, just remember watching the Chiefs this year. Has this been a fun offense to watch, despite having Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? The answer is no. This hasn't been fun. So in that mm-hmm. aspect, you go, okay, Deke and Dunk, that's what this is going to be about. You can't necessarily trust Pacheco despite the bad weather. This is going to be a bunch of two to three yard passes. Maybe they go to Kelsey. Maybe they go to somebody else. But I do think that regardless of whatever Kelsey's impact is going to be, they are going to be throwing the ball a little more than we would anticipate in similar situations. Yeah, I mean, the Kelsey numbers are just still at a spot where – it's too much for me. And mm-hmm. how long's it? How many months has it been since he scored a touchdown? Like that's where we're at right now. Like Jeez. there, there are a there are a handful of tight ends that have had good weeks against the Dolphins this year. Hunter Henry, mm-hmm. fifty-two and a touchdown. Darren Waller, eighty an eighty-six yard game. Goddard uh, snapped against them. Likely had a two touchdown game. So there have been a number of times this year where tight ends have gotten off. But you know, it's like with the Chiefs, it's. Kelsey or what what else via the passing game maybe it ends up being more Pacheco uh in in those elements there Mm -hmm. so Pat Mahomes has gone over 33 and a half pass attempts 11 times this season I love that look Ed I'm going to tail you on that one and it's something where if the Chiefs are just having trouble scoring in the second half but the Dolphins don't then absolutely it's going to be okay Ball's going to be in our playmaker's hands. That's Pat Mahomes. So then those passing attempts will continue to accrue. So just another reason why why I think that prop makes sense. How about we move on Mm -hmm. now to the Browns and the Texans. Right now, Cleveland, two and a half point favorites on the road, total of 44 and a half. I don't know if you feel like this, Joe, but there's a lot of fool's gold here in a game like this in terms of insights. Like how important is it 
that the Browns defense hasn't traveled very well. How important is it that rookie quarterbacks and rookie head coaches have struggled in the playoffs? Do these things matter in this matchup? Or is it something where, okay, trend-wise, yeah, this is a big deal, but it doesn't matter in the here and now. And I feel like this game is going to fool us in some way where there's going to be some outlier performance one way or the other. Yeah, we're going to continue to hear this stuff until this uh, kicks off on Saturday afternoon. It's like people are going to pick a trend, a narrative that they want to buy into, and that's going to be their side, and they're going to find some other reasons to back it up, find some other numbers that would uh, that would be in their favor. I think it's fascinating, man. I really do. Like, you could pick any any which way, like which one matters to you the most. And here's one that I keep going back to that it's been discussed but not not as much. And it's that we're we're sitting here at two and a half, right? Um, it touched three at one point at some books, but we're that's when it finally got some pushback. This game just happened a few weeks ago, right? Mm-hmm. And you didn't have Stroud, and the line was three and a half. What? Same same venue, you know. No Will Anderson either, by the way, in that one. So Stroud is only worth that. And that's why it's tough for me to bet Cleveland. Like I, I like Cleveland overall in this matchup, in this spot. I'm not worried about the uh, the defensive yards per play. Yes, I know it's a bat. It's a gap between five five on the road versus three seven at home. I understand all that, but you know what? You know it's not all that sticky, explosive plays, and that's how you ended up getting there in those games on the road with that 5-5 number for the Cleveland. I don't think they're suddenly a bad defense. Like they're going to get 30 scored on them in a playoff game. I don't, I, I don't buy into that one second. But that's just, you know, near the end of the season, when the market is as efficient as ever, when you have all of this information, for the number to be three and a half, one point from where you are, and, you know, we're talking about Keenum to Stroud, a one-point difference, that that's where I'm having a tough time, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you because these two teams did play Christmas Eve. Uh, the Browns beat the Texans 36-22 in that one. But as you mentioned, Case Keenum started. Uh, C.J. Stroud had that concussion. And then they, the Texans offense was pretty much held to scoreless um, offensively. And then they had a couple of garbage time touchdowns towards the end. But with no C.J. Stroud I think he means a lot more to this, and I will be backing the Texans plus two and a half. I keep finding ways to back the Texans, and that's where I'm at. Flacco, 27 of 42 in that one, 368 yards, three touchdowns, but he did have those two interceptions. I expect him to not be quite as great the second time around. And, you know, I said it in the group text yesterday, the old saying, it's hard to beat the same team twice. So I expect this to be a closer game. I like the Texans. Well, and I mentioned a dot before, so I will go ahead and run it back here. CJ Stroud's second longest average depth of target in the league at more than 8.7 yards. Does seem to me like even if Cleveland gets out to say a significant lead, like two touchdowns, two and a half, something like that, the Texans are designed to come back, especially at home, mm-hmm. on turf, all of that stuff. And I wouldn't be surprised if there are some great live betting opportunities. Like, I'm certainly backing the Texans as far as a side goes. My model has this more like Browns minus one, even if I give Cleveland the benefit of the doubt as far as resting starters and I give them a bump for that, it's still at minus one. 
So yes, I am backing the Texans here first and foremost, but I think also what's fascinating is there could be some great live betting opportunities where, okay, we do believe that the Browns do have a good chance or a reasonable chance to make a run in the playoffs, but if they're off to a nice lead, I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans come back. I've got the personnel to do it. Uh-huh, which makes me consider the over. It's weird. Uh, in the playoffs, Ooh, I'm looking at like I'm looking that. at some overs. Um, if we where are we at? For, are we still 44 and a half? Right? Because mm-hmm. I know it popped, it jumped up because it was 43. Yeah, 44 and a half. And a half. In the week. Yeah, yeah. If if we get to 44 or, or sub that number, yeah, I'd be on the over for sure. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, NFL Playoff Survivor. That's coming up on the BetQL Network. Um, there, there's narratives galore that grow out of results um in the playoffs it doesn't matter it's a reset it's a um there's no uh winners and losers bracket you know you're playing football and the winner gets to continue to play and the loser does not this is betql daily presented by bet mgm from betql Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel pushing the reset button as his team takes on the Kansas City Chiefs. And that reset button matters a lot when we're talking about NFL playoff survivor. Welcome back to BQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joe, when we're talking about NFL playoff survivor, where basically we uh, look at the batch of 14 teams and then figure, figure out week to week who we think will win outright and then not pick them again for the rest of the way. What sort of strategies are out there that you feel like make the most sense? Yeah, you can go the super safe route. You can decide to, and the one that makes sense to answer your question is, okay, team I think is going to win. They're going to be in a bad spot next week and they're going to be exited quickly so that they're not going to take up one of my options down the road. Right. So, I mean, I think that's what people, most people are looking at and Personally, I do like to go back and forth depending on the setup, like NFC, then AFC going back and forth. So you're not uh, bogged down or you, you could pick one side. Like I'm going to pick this one side and they're just going to keep knocking each other out. And then, you know, go to the other side of the bracket when you want, like, it's interesting, but you know, for me, the biggest thing is, okay, who do I have winning this weekend? And are they going to lose next weekend? That's the first thing. And also, there's probably going to in, in a lot of these pools that are starting up, there's probably going to be one team that's popular. I don't think it's going to be spread out evenly. And I want to stay away from the popular, popular pick. So what's the popular pick depends how sharp uh, the pool is that you're in. My guess would be Philadelphia. The Eagles would be pretty popular this weekend. What do you guys think? Which, which one would be, the the pick that people make that okay i want them to win but they're not making a deep run cowboys for me <laughs> well cowboys no we're, we're yeah. in agreement aaron no that okay. to me i feel like the cowboys are, are the obvious pick here even if you yeah, think that they're going to win in the divisional round and i think there, there's a good argument to be made that they'll knock off uh the lions or the rams whatever like i do think though that when it comes to the Cowboys, like playing at home, this should be a slam dunk against the Packers. Like, you know, worst case scenario, they lose this game. You're firing your head coach. The sky is falling. 
but they win this game, even if they don't cover the number, well, so what? They're advancing. Like, get to the NFC Championship game, show some tangible progress, whatever. That, to me, is more of the goal of the Cowboys going forward. And in this spot, like, there's a reason why that spread Hmm. is hefty. And there's a reason, and we'll talk about this tomorrow, why the Cowboys probably can even cover this number. But what can they do after that? It's a big, big question, especially with the 49ers ultimately looming. So in that respect, I go, the Cowboys seem like the obvious play. So then how would you pivot off of that? The Eagles might make sense just because of that 4-5 matchup, but the Eagles are also broken and maybe unmotivated. So there would be some concern there. And the defense with the Eagles, like I wouldn't be surprised if they lose. Um, I I don't want to use the Bills, obviously. So the Cowboys, to me, is the next the next best option mm-hmm. say so, yeah I, I totally different way of thinking i was like am i going eagles or am i going rams i really thought ahead, eagles would be a not popular pick because they are such really? a mess and I, that's why i was actually looking mm-hmm. at them yeah I'm like hey just get me through this game maybe maybe a lot of people are thinking that's that same way that's possible but i figure people will go for um the, the the Cowboys, honestly, another option. And again, I'm on the Bills to make a run. The Chiefs. Use the Chiefs. I'm this just week. about to say that. Like, I think that might be. Like and that, that is not going to be. I feel like people will be saving the Chiefs. Don't you? Really? No, I think people are. They're going to. The, no. the save list will be. Obviously, the team's on by. But that's not a, a conversation for this weekend. Right. Um, Bills. Hmm. Yeah, I Bills more Bills. than the Chiefs. Yeah. Bills yeah. more than the Chiefs. But yeah. The Chiefs are going to be favored next week, right? Like, yeah. are they? Again, uh, it, it depends yeah. on how sharp your pool is. But, like, are people going to just be like, you know what? I'm going to save. I'm not going to attack that matchup next week because it's very much a coin flip. Like, I think the Bills are good in that game, but, like, do you think people wouldn't want to save the Chiefs? Hey, next week's a coin flip between the Chiefs and Bills, and then I will use the winner against the Ravens maybe, or give myself an option. Like, I just feel like people could see the chiefs. Hey, still reading my homes coming out of the AFC to save them for later, but I, see, I would be comfortable using them this week. That's why I'm not using Dallas. And I get you, the idea because of the large point spread that you have here. And you don't think they're going to the Super Bowl. I get all that. The most likely scenario is they meet up in the NFC championship game. So you're not taking Dallas in that. So, From that perspective, I agree. I understand that. You're taking San Francisco or you're going to the other side. But so what are you going to do? You take San Francisco over Dallas. And then so now you've used Dallas. Then you use San Francisco. Now, if you go to the Super Bowl, you have to use the AFC representative and make sure that you have a team available. That's where it gets tough. Mm -hmm. So I want a team that's going to lose next week. Next week. Now, I agree with you. They're probably not going to the Super Bowl. But I might I might wait a week before I jump in on them. So, yeah, I mean, the San Francisco opponent next week is most likely. Who's it going to be? Could be the L.A. Rams. So then who's Dallas playing? They could play the Philly Tampa winner. That, Boy, if it's that was Rams, my pass. You're going into a divisional game. Like, doesn't that mm-hmm. suddenly get dangerous? Like, it is. Yeah, there are less learn from the regular season survivor pool yeah. moving them into the playoffs and if you have a divisional matchup ooh, i'd be biting my nails mm-hmm. you could also have eagles cowboys another divisional matchup next week right i would love you could 
But wouldn't you love mm-hmm. to have the Cowboys next week if they're playing the four or five? That's what I'm saying. Like, so I was going to go yeah. Eagles or Chiefs this week, uh, Dallas next week, San Francisco in the conference championship, and then Buffalo in the Super Bowl. But like, that's how I have mm-hmm. mine gamed out. You know, obviously right. you can adapt. Like, I would almost keep the Rams in my back pocket because. Yeah, you know, they get through that divisional game or the, the, I know. Yeah, the divisional weekend against San Francisco. I then hear they're you. live in the conference, you know, title game. Mm-hmm. Nobody on Cleveland. But somebody would say Cleveland. One of the yeah, for you a could take a matchup. Yeah, it, it's a tough one. You know, and then plus, like, you know, we've got a couple of us, you know, if not all of us who have strong opinions that maybe the Texans would be the side here. And then it's not that far of a walk to them winning outright. And that, that's almost the tricky correct. part. In all it's almost the same as I'm Philly. Pro- Short favorite on I was the road. Actually, yeah. Yeah. I was actually approaching them like the Rams because mm-hmm. the, they'll get the Ravens in the second round. They get through that game. And then maybe yeah. you've got them in your back pocket in the conference championship. I'm obviously not taking them against the Ravens, but I'm like, if like, those are my two, and we've talked about both those teams on the show. Like if you're going to take it, I know they're uh oh yeah, they're a five seed. Those are the two wild card teams that I think we see possibly making a run. So like those I'd almost keep in my back pocket, but yeah, I would not be surprised because if, you... if Miami goes to Arrowhead and wins. I don't think that's crazy at all. If they're pop, mm-hmm. if no. the Chiefs are popular, I agree. Gosh, I, I think it, well, I it is tough if you if you think the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl, or like I said, if something happens to Trent Williams, that opens it up for the Rams or the Cowboys. Yeah. So, do you want to yeah. use him this early? I mean, basically, what we're saying is this whole thing is so wide open. We're coming off a year where it was 1-1, yet the one seed's meeting up. And I know at the end of the year, because they look so strong, people were talking about the same idea, about it's just going to be Baltimore and San Francisco in the end. I I think that is pretty unlikely that we're going to see that. Mm-hmm. And not only that, Joe, but I felt like last year was a predictable one versus one. You know, mm-hmm. you know yes, yeah. in terms of team strength, things like that, that mattered. But when, when I looked at that playoff, uh, bracket I thought boy Eagles Chiefs just seems inevitable to me like yes there are arguments to be made for the 49ers and things like that but this feels a good bit less predictable even though we have extolled the virtues of the Ravens and 49ers all year long yeah mm-hmm. I, agree. I agree team this is fun favor to win by margin who no one will take this week Detroit um, oh oh I thought you were gonna say Buffalo Mm. Oh no! Like I, I mean, if you're using Nobody's Buffalo this them. week, I guess that's safe. But like, why? Yeah. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess if you like the Chiefs next week, and you know, in that head-to-head, the, then, yeah, burn the Buffalo why. Then the why week. is I just want to survive, and they're gonna win. But what's right? the I don't point? What are you playing for? Cool. Congrats! You make it another week, and you have nothing left to live for. Congrats! Story, bro. If you have multiple entries, then I guess you could be rooting for chaos that one of these teams we expect to go far doesn't. But I wouldn't, if I only have one entry, I wouldn't waste the bills this week. No, no, I I definitely could not touch them. Yeah, they're they're making too much run. Texans, no, no, nobody wants a lion. 
Yeah. Nobody that's what lions. I just said about the lions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, and that's interesting to me because like we were thinking so highly of this Rams offense, like this defense does leave something to be desired. And there is a path where it's not so much the lions are the better team. It's just that they had the ball for the last possession. Like with a total of 51 and a half, I wouldn't be surprised of how that game plays out. So then you're almost giving yourself a coin flip by taking the lions. But if you take them and they win, then it gets way easier for you compared with everyone else. Yeah. Um, my, my only point on the, on the, the Buffalo one is that's the only game I don't see going the other way. Like I can't come up with a scenario where the Steelers go there and win. I can't for any other game. I mean, it's what we saw two years ago in the opener and it's not a perfect comparison, but Joe, you remember that? I mean, they they just run the ball and well, they don't have the same defense. TJ Watt's not out there. So you're right. Yeah. Never right. I, Mason Rudolph going there. 157 is his pass. <laughs> right. Oh, this is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the BetQL Daily Playoff Calcutta. We'll go over rules and then get into it. Coming up on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.